morning and welcome to uh, the Hoof Falls and Footfalls live instructor chat. My name is Sabre Papoli and I'm the owner and founder of Hoof Falls and Footfalls. And what Hoof Falls and Footfalls does, if you're a little bit newer to it, is um, I my mission is to um, encourage and equip fellow instructors in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry by providing them with quality professional uh, education, whether it be free like these instructor chats um, or low cost like things through clinics um, or the intuitive instructor club. So while we're waiting for a few people to jump on live here, if you want to go ahead and um, just drop a comment, let me know that you're on. If you want to say where you're from, I'd love to hear um, who's listening and where you're from. So good morning, Diane from Connecticut. Good morning, Dion from Kansas. If you haven't joined the Intuitive Instructor Club yet, now is the time to join because um, we are wanting to support instructors. During this time, we understand budgets are tight. You might have a little extra time on your hands. Um, maybe, I don't know, I've been trying to get projects done and probably are busier than normal. <laughs> um, but the Intuitive Instructor Club, we are offering a free trial membership through if you sign up through the end of this month. And that'll get you access to hours of online education that's specifically geared towards instructors that work in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. Good morning, Kim from Michigan. Good morning, Diane from Florida. All right, so let's jump into the chat. Um, I was honestly a little hesitant to do this because I, I'm, um, I like going into things feeling extremely prepared. And right now with this whole thing, we really don't have all the clear answers. Um, so I've been pushing this off, pushing it off, but I feel like we really need to kind of start talking about it and maybe working together and, you know, brainstorming and talking about how we're all going to work through this process. So the goal of this chat is not to tell you, um, cut and dry how to start back up and offer equine assisted activities or equine assisted therapies after this virus break but I want to offer you guys kind of a thought process um, and some tips and su some suggestions for you to find the best thing um, and the best process and startup that will work for you and your center. Um, and hopefully this thought process is helpful to instructors that are kind of standalone, um, instructors that are maybe running um, instructor training programs or college programs where they're having to interact hands-on or if you're at a larger size center. So hopefully these tips will be helpful to you guys. And if you are already in the process of planning the re-entry after this virus, um, please feel free to drop comments or ideas or tips that you have in the comment area so that other people can benefit from that information because um, again I don't know everything um, this is a really great time to network so go ahead and do that all right so um, I, I think I already said this but I really want to encourage you guys to understand that each instructor and center we are all in very different and unique situations so um, you know we you, it might be an instructor who has more of a standalone program, does more independent students, doesn't utilize volunteers. You could be an instructor at a very large center where you guys specialize in serving those extremely involved students that have full teams um, or, you know, very large group settings. And there's lots of people out in the arena. So there's a wide variety of 
who is listening and who's going to have to re-enter after this chat. And also, we are all in different states, um, you know, possibly different countries as well, since this is a global thing that's happening. So um, understand that your plan might look different from your neighbor down the road or from your neighbor in another state or another country, and you guys need to do what works best for you. Um, in this chat, we're going to cover talking about a slow start versus going back kind of full swing like we would normally do at the beginning of a program year, how we can prepare our equines, how we can prepare our volunteers, how we can prepare our staff, um, preparing our participants, and looking at how we can create a plan and a timeline. So that's kind of where this chat is going to go. Couple disclaimers, um, this is not professional legal advice. You need to follow CDC guidelines. You need to follow local and state laws. Please seek advice from local attorneys. Um, you need to do what works best for you in your situation while also abiding by government and state and local law. So, little disclaimer there. Uh, so, um, if you are certified through PATH International as instructors and as member or premier accredited centers, we should be abiding by the PATH International um, standards for certification and center accreditation. And one of our center, uh, our standards actually is, sorry, all jumbled up. Coffee just kicked in. <laughs> um, so one of our standards is actually A6, and that says, does the center meet federal, state, and local laws? Um, regarding openings. So that means that as instructors and as centers, if you're certified through PATH, you need to make sure that you're abiding by the laws and state and local government. So make sure that you guys are doing that. If you're certified under another entity, CHA, EGALA, um, any RDAs uh, that are available in other countries, make sure that you're checking with your certifying bodies, um, rules and regulations as well to make sure that you're meeting standards in this time. Alright, um, I'm going to grab a drink of water really quick. So, let's go ahead and let's stop, talk about the mindset going to, into the chat. So, um, I'm a planner, I like knowing all the answers, like I kind of open up with this chat. So, going into a situation like this, I try really hard to see the silver lining and things. So even though this was a very unplanned break, this is not what any of us wanted to do. Um, it threw a wrench in a lot of our years. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see the silver lining and encouraging other instructors and centers to see the silver linings in the different pieces that we're going to talk about. So the mindset going to this is see the silver lining. I'm gonna offer a few suggestions of how you might be able to see that. Remember, it's a new situation. We have a ton of external factors that are going to impact our decisions and the steps that we take to re-enter and start serving again post-virus, um, such as childcare. So our volunteers and our staff having access to childcare, um, volunteers and staff possibly um, having lost jobs, um, serving more at-risk populations already kind of in what we do in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. And then also the toll that has happened on our economy um, and how that's going to impact how centers have to run and finances and all of that. Um, so we've got a lot of additional factors that are coming into play when we're entering back post-virus. So um, the difference between going slow and doing a grand opening 
we, we're probably going to have to think about this re-entry a little different. And maybe it's more of a slow trickle start and, and defining who you can safely serve. Again, meeting those state um, and local laws um, or the CDC guidelines. So who can you safely serve first? Is that going to look like a slower start than what you would normally do when you're entering back into your program year? And we'll talk about those a little bit more when we get to the volunteers and the participant section. Um, but you might have to do a slower start than what you really want to do, but a slower start might set you up for success um, and really just make things um, a little bit more clear and understandable and um, less stressful for everyone that's involved as well. And then realizing, again, that you have to do what's best for your center, um, how many staff you have, the volunteers you have, the location you're in, and planning for that and weigh the pros and cons of the different options you have. Maybe you decide up to uh, decide to make a plan for a slow rollout start. Maybe you decide to make a plan for a more of a grand opening. That might be something that you have a plan A and a plan B. So um, I'm gonna check the comments here really quick before I move on to the next point. Um, so Christina says, collaboration is key when you don't have all the answers, brainstorming is appreciated. Yeah, and I, I don't have all the answers, just hoping to provide you guys some, some thought exercises here. Uh, Carlos, good afternoon from iPony Outdoor Spaces in Spain. Hello, hello. Uh, Melissa said that uh, their program is starting back with individual EFP and equine assisted learning on May 4th. We've been working horses all along and we are only allowing our interns to volunteer this time. Everyone is required to wear a mask for now and will be required to wash their hands when they arrive, sanitize throughout the session, and all equipment will be sanitized after it's used. Okay, good, great tip, Melissa. Thank you for sharing what you guys are doing and what you've worked through. Hi, Terry from Idaho. Um, let's see. And Melissa, hi from Idaho. Okay. So um, kind of area number one to think about when you're planning on starting back post-virus is your art equines. So these are our four-footed coworkers. We could not do what we do without them. It's literally equine assisted activities and therapies. So we can't really do much without our equines. Um, so silver lining of this whole issue and the break that's going on is that this is a really good time to give our horses a break to kind of step back, let them be horses, maybe solidify some training and desensitizing and come back really willing to listen to what our equines are saying and maybe even prevent or um, remedy some of those naughty behaviors that we had seen in our equines from the past that was really them trying to communicate with us and tell them that maybe workload was not okay or tacker equipment or whatever is going on. So silver lining, this might be a really good time for us to reestablish that working relationship um, with our equine coworkers. So when you're entering back, um, again, depending on where you're at, you may or may not have been able to continue to exercise in school and desensitize your equines in your program. So I am able to continue to work my horses, so they really don't have any off time when it comes to the exercising, so they're able to kind of roll right back in. They're going to be physically fit. Um, they're not going to be used to serving the number of students that they normally would, but they're still, I'm not gonna have to bring them back from a complete break. 
So that's something that as an instructor and as a center, you need to analyze where your equines are coming from. Are they coming back from pasture? Have they been sitting in the stalls because you're on full lockdown and you can't really go do anything? Um, have you had time to sufficiently exercise them and keep their top line conditioned and their muscle um, tone up and their stamina up? Or is that something that you are going to have to work back once the um, quarantines have kind of lifted a little bit. So if you are a center where you haven't had to, or you have not been able to do much with your equines, then your timeline for starting might be a little bit further pushed out and a little bit longer than another program in another state who's been able to keep exercise and schooling and desensitizing the horses. Um, so with the horses, and I'm sure most of you guys know this, but just saying it on behalf of our equines, make sure you don't expect your horses to jump in 100% right away. Um, you know, a gradual start might be really good for your horses again, so you can listen to them, see what's working well for them. Um, going from having just staff schooling them to serving a certain number of people a week is going to be physically and mentally tolling on them, and so we need to give them time to adjust. Um, just like we should kind of be giving the humans time to adjust to this re-entry as well. Um, and also take this time to reevaluate your equines and get a baseline. So how are they going under, under saddle? How are they going in hand? How are they reacting to different toys and props in the arena? Um, I would really, really encourage you guys to uh, reevaluate, do another checklist of every horse in your barn before you start again, just to see how they're doing with toys, um, tack and equipment, how they're, how they're doing with people leading them at the walk, trot, canter, how their movement is, are they sound, um, is there any behaviors you have to work through. So use this time to have a really good solid fresh start with your horses. And if you see a positive change in your horses during this time where the volunteers and the participants are kind of removed right now, See if you can figure out what has helped create that positive change in your horses. Is it more consistent handling practices? Is it how you're handling them? And um, is it tack fit? Is it uh, they're getting more time to actually have good independent schooling sessions that is geared towards the horse and not them having to be the caretaker for their student? And then try to carry that on into um, your, your programming once you start back up. Don't forget to do tack fitting, um, especially coming back from a break. Um, maybe you've had more, more time to school, less time to school. Muscles have changed on your horses, so uh, recheck tack before you guys start back up. Please, please, please. And then this might also be a really good time to streamline and maybe tighten up on horse handling policies and procedures. Um, again, going back to that positive change, that you're seeing in your equines, maybe it's time for when you start bringing your volunteers back that you kind of do a refresher training um, for your volunteers that will positively impact your horses. So a little silver lining there is maybe we can um, come back stronger with our equine coworkers. All right, so before I move on to talking about preparing your volunteers, I'm gonna check comments really quick. All right, so Leslie, said, how are centers who are already re-enrolling students sanitizing equipments like leather and cotton, um, reins, lead ropes, etc.? So um, I would suggest checking the CDC website and following their guidelines for what 
products are acceptable for sanitizing different surfaces. There's actually a list of products um, that is suggested by, I don't know, I think endorsed might be a little bit too strong, but suggested by the CDC to sanitize and clean off surfaces. So um, follow CDC guidelines. If a friend or a center tells you that you should do it a certain way, um, take that information, but please, please, please always do your research and double check because there's a lot of rumors and stuff that are floating around during this time. All right. Um, and then another person said, what are you doing about liability forms? Are you doing specific releases forms for the virus? So we'll kind of get to that in a minute, but it looks like there's already some comments here that I'll read off at the end um, talking about forms and liability. So really good question, Dee. Um, uh, nice job bringing that, that question up about forms. All right, so we talked about um, mindset going into this chat, preparing equines, now let's talk about preparing our volunteers. So silver lining, again, of volunteers during this time is that this might be a really good time to start fresh with volunteers, um, figure out the strengths and the weaknesses of volunteers, really find that sweet spot for them to volunteer. Maybe someone was coming out too much and they were getting burnt out and you can kind of encourage them to keep being involved, but maybe um, help them understand the balance between volunteering and outside um, you know, work in school life or work in home life, whatever it might be. Because I know some volunteers love it so much, but they get burnt out and we don't want to lose those volunteers that are often great, um, but not, uh, but, they're, but, but they're getting burnt out from being out there too much. So with your volunteers, I would start reaching out now to see who is willing and able to come back, even if you don't have a specific start date. Get a feel for who is maybe running into some new struggles, um, you know, childcare or um, work challenges or school challenges. Start planning now for who you're able to kind of count on, hopefully, when it comes to volunteering because that answer that you get from your volunteers is going to play in to how you're able and who you're able to serve once you start back. Um, and again, we're going to have to abide by sanitizing procedures and local laws of how many people can be on site, um, but you should still get a feel of your volunteer base coming out of this. Um, and, and ask them to be very realistic and very honest with you and tell them it's okay to say no right now um, if, if they're not okay to volunteer because of other commitments. So reach out to your volunteers, check in on them, um, see what it's looking like for them. Be prepared for lower numbers, um, just with childcare and work and maybe having to pick up an extra job to, to catch up on bills, all those things going on. Some volunteers might be struggling with um, you know, immune issues themselves and may, may not feel comfortable coming back to volunteer and that's okay. So just check in with those volunteers. Um, training updates. So again, is there anything that you want to use this time now? to retrain or maybe solidify training on with your volunteers? Do you need to retrain them how to do supportive holds? Do you need to retrain them how to interact with the students um, and be a really good coach or a sidewalker to that, that student um, while they're out in class? Do you need to retrain them on horse handling policies and procedures so that the consistency can be maintained with the horses post-break? Um, 
someone had mentioned liability forms. So do you need to do any type of paperwork updates? Do you need an extra liability form sign off for them saying that they understand the risks of coming back out? Um, are we going to need any type of, you know, antibody checkoff to see who has had this and who has antibodies. Again, I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not. Just kind of thinking long term, hearing the chatter of what's going on and maybe planning for that. Um, so again, how are you going to um, hold up those guidelines or those rules if that is where this goes or if, where your, if that's where your center wants to go? So kind of just be thinking about that. Um, some centers have done a really good job of um, keeping their volunteers engaged. They've had their students make little videos or letters to send to the volunteers. Um, they've had uh, horse and barn visit, virtual visit times with the volunteers. So awesome job, guys, for doing that and keeping your volunteers engaged. Um, that's really, really cool to see you guys doing that. And there's some really cool stuff going on in um, Stephanie... Uh, Victoria Zabata, I'm sorry if I said her name wrong, it's your new last name, uh, but Stephanie Victoria's um, co-op, there's some really cool ideas to keep volunteers and participants engaged, and a lot of the people that are doing those things to keep the engagement up are in that group, so make sure you check out that group as well. Um, so volunteers, uh, just reach out to them, plan ahead, be realistic with your numbers, and have that factor into your re-entry plan. Um, be very cautious with those volunteer numbers and be aware of your volunteers' personal lives and be gracious and be understanding of all the stress that they're going through. Um, you know, Just like you guys are going through a lot of additional stress right now and a lot of unknowns, your volunteers are, are going through that same thing. So just keep that in mind. All right, um, preparing staff. So little silver lining there. Maybe this is their chance to kind of think outside the box. So think outside the box being how can they provide virtual visits. Maybe someone has a new format that they've been wanting to try that um, requires less volunteers. Maybe it's an instructor who's always taught group lessons, but now they're going to teach more private lessons because that's how the rollout's going to be. So this might be a really cool time for the, the staff to get to do something a little bit different um, than what they're used to doing or what has always kind of been their job or their role there. So make sure you're listening to staff, listening to ideas, um, collaborating together, have Zoom meetings, and, and listen to each other during this time because someone might have a really unique idea to share that might be a positive for your center. Um, listen to your staff, reach out, check in on them, and be willing to listen to how they're dealing with things and how they're coping right now. Are they overwhelmed with um, kids being at home, no childcare, um, maybe their secondary job that helped them be able to teach um, is gone, or maybe their spouse's schedule has significantly changed. So be willing to listen and plan around your staff and be gracious and understanding during this time. Um, be willing to talk and work it out and try to find creative ways to help each other during this crazy time. And then also when you're planning that re-entry, be aware of how much you're asking each staff member to do, or if you're kind of, you know, one of those one or two man operations, be aware of what you're asking yourself and maybe that, that right hand person, um, what you're asking them to do. Don't overwhelm yourself, take your time, uh, don't get sick because you're stressing out. 
uh, just just go into this and have a realistic understanding and expectation of what you are able to do um, in a quality and professional way. And I know a lot of us are very much, yes, people, we're go-getters. We want to be back serving um, our, our participants. We want to be back there working with our volunteers. But we need to make sure we're factoring in all these places, all these pieces that are in this and really take care of our own physical and mental health so that we don't burn out three or six months down the road because we were ignoring the well-being of the humans. Um, just like we don't want to ignore the well-being of our our four-footed co-workers, we need to not ignore the well-being of our two-footed co-workers as well. Alright, so um, I'm going to check comments really quick here. Alright, so Leslie Gardner, she said, how are centers who are already re-enrolling students sanitized? Oh, sorry, should I ask that question? I already read that. Alright, um, so Christina said, we're considering requiring a doctor's note, maybe a new COVID reentry release form. Yeah, so Christina heard possible talk of reentry forms um, so that they can, so that the participant's physician can decide if it is safe for them to return given the current situation at the time of reentry. We will make sure all participants know what measures we are taking, what to expect, what the responsibilities are, and what we cannot provide or guarantee. This will help set expectations and cover ADA guidelines to help determine which participants are safe to return. Yeah, really good plan, Christina. Really well worded. Um, I think that sounds like a really good idea, and it's pretty flexible moving um being able to move on from that and you know whatever route it's going whether there is a formal release form or an informal one from our governments um it sounds like you kind of already have that in the back of your mind and you're planning um stephanie if you haven't done so already you might have already dropped in the comments if you're still on um can you please drop the link to your co-op in the comments please that would be awesome all right so Melissa, can I see your re-entry release form? Uh, Christina said CDC guidelines on clearing and disinfecting check list in other websites for acceptable products. Thank you, Christina, for dropping that list in the comments. I appreciate that. All right. Um, just checking other comments really here before we move on. Uh, Christina dropped a comment for the Horse Wife Security and Facility Sanitation webinar by Joe Lyman, um, who's a veterinarian, and they had some good considerations for reentry plans in this area. Um, Stephanie did drop the, com uh, the link to her co-op and her website in there. Thank you for dropping that in there. Um, Christina dropped another comment in there for the Equine Disease Community equine disease communication center resource so uh, make sure you guys are checking the comments in this i will try to grab all these links as well and put them into um a blog that i will put this video in so that those that are watching on a replay whether it's through the podcast um, or youtube you so that you guys have access to all this great information that's in the facebook comments here since this is where the live stream was all right just making sure I'm not missing anything else. Um, all right. Okay. So um, I'll come back to comments in a second. So let's talk about now preparing our volunteers. So silver lining of our volunteers, or I'm sorry, of our participants, um, for the families, and I'm not saying that families have been ungrateful or they don't realize how important 
equine assisted activities and therapies are to them but this break might make them realize how valuable and how important your um, lessons and your center are to their child to them if they're participants um, or to their family so this might be a really cool time to document um, stories maybe there's a family willing to share kind of you know hindsight 2020 of how equine assisted activities or therapies have really impacted them and what they're missing and what they're looking forward uh, to returning to once all this stuff is up so try to reach out see if you can gather stories listen from um, listen to your families listen to what they're here uh, saying it's a really a learning experience for us too, to listen to the families um, also looking back on this this might be a really good way for the families to realize how important this is so that when you go reach out to those families again about getting people engaged whether it's volunteering financial support um, donating horses whatever it might be your families might be a little bit louder and more active advocate for your program because of this break so i know it it's not fun taking a break um, from our participants, but it might be a really good way to kind of build up that excitement again in them and, and have them feel how important it is um, and have them help support the programs, which I know a lot of the families do, but little sil silver lining there. Um, so prepare your participants. I, I talked about our participants after our equines and our volunteers and our staff because those pieces, the equines, the staff, and the volunteers are going to play into who we can take back as participants. So what staff can come back? How many volunteers are you going to be able to have come back? Um, how many are you legally able, uh, going to be able to have on property at a time? How are your horses coping? Who's coming back okay after that break? Or who's coming back from schooling? Or maybe um, all of a sudden uh, has decided they don't like playing the basketball hoop anymore, whatever it is. Um, so there's a lot of factors that are going to impact who we can serve starting back. And like Christina had said, we need to be aware of ADA guidelines. So we need to take into, take into consideration all these factors of paperwork, um, immune compromise, volunteer numbers, and who needs a full team of support, so a horse leader and two sidewalkers to who maybe only needs a horse leader or maybe just a spotter in the middle of the arena, who can do private one-on-one -on -one lessons with very minimal physical interaction from the instructor. Um, so you know, there's a lot of pieces that come into deciding who we can take back. Um, a lot of this we're not really going to know either until CDC and local guidelines is uh, kind of get released as far as the number of people we're allowed to interact with, if we need face masks, if there's a like a re-entry form. Um, a lot of it is kind of unknown right now, so we just need to be aware of that and kind of have game plans for what does it look like if we can't have more than four or five people out at the barn at a time. What will it look like? if we can have 10 or 15, but not more than that. Who can we serve that way? Um, and then uh, paperwork, like Christina said, double check paperwork, reach out to local attorneys, local legal advice, see what you need to do to protect your center and protect your volunteers, your instructors, and your students. So see if you need to do, get up, um, updated paperwork on your students or not, and how that's gonna look and how you are going to roll that out. Um, 
Think about doing maybe a more slow rollout for the more independent students, so those that require less support or less physical support. Of course, you know, mounting and dismounting. <laughs> you might have a student who's independent riding, but they need support mounting and dismounting, so how are you going to deal with that? Um, are we wearing masks? Are we washing hands between? What, what does that even look like? So think about who you can slowly serve, um, or who you can bring back and slowly start to serve again. There we go. And make sure that whatever you decide you are going to do, so say if you say that you are only going to do private lessons, or you're only going to do riders that only need a horse lead and the instructor assisting during a mount and dismount, that you stick to those guidelines and stick to your, your re-entry policy because there are going to be families that want to come back that their students may need more support. But if you make one exception to the rule of you've served, you know, 10 individuals that are fully independent, but you've made the exception for that one person who is a full team, then the policy that you have is just doesn't have integrity anymore. And that's going to create a lot of heartburn and hurt feelings and a lot of just frustration between volunteers and staff and our participants. So make sure that whatever you decide on this re-entry plan, that you stick to it. And I, I know we're all big hearted, um, but we need to say, no, this is what we've decided. This is how we will get back to um, this format of class or get back to serving these individuals that need this number of volunteers. So make sure you stick to what you decide. Um, be a unified front if you guys have multiple staff members. Explain the what's, the how's, and the why's to your staff, to your volunteers, to the participant. Be very transparent in your plan. Um, and if you don't know something, don't be afraid to say you don't know yet. Don't give a false promise or um, false hope if you don't know. Don't be afraid to say I don't know. Um, all right, and let's see. Going back, sorry, I have notes here on the side of my screen. Um, so slow rollout. Uh, can you do some private lessons or semi-private lessons instead of group? You might be a, an instructor or center who has always offered group lessons. See if there is financially a way that you can offer private or semi-private lessons. Um, with the understanding that it might modify or morph back into group lessons. So have a plan of how this reentry may look and how you might get back to more of your typical program format down the road. Um, think outside the box when it comes to offering maybe virtual lessons uh, during between now and when you actually get to start back up and also continue those virtual offerings for the participants that you're not able to serve yet due to um, the number of volunteers that that person might use. Again, there are some really good virtual resources in Stephanie's co-op and Path International also did, um, they did a webinar on virtual offerings. So if anyone has a link to that and they want to drop that here, that'd be a resource for you guys as well. So um, I think telehorse was the, the term that's been uh, coined as of now, um, but the telehorse things I've heard are doing extremely well. So great job guys. There's many different formats and many different ways that you can offer it. Um, so if you're interested in doing that, maybe drop a hand up in the comment section. And um, if you're doing telehorse stuff, 
if you guys can reach out to these people and maybe bring them in on the loop of how they can keep doing it, that, that would be awesome. All right, um, so planning. So we've talked about our mindset in this whole um, situation that we're in. We've talked about participants, we've talked about volunteers and our staff and our equines. Mm -hmm. So now planning. Um, I would highly, highly suggest that you guys write out a plan. Um, because again, just talking about it, sometimes people hear different things. So having it in writing is, is helpful. And if you make it kind of like a flowchart or a graph or however your brain works, um, you might be able to more easily adjust and shift things as all of this stuff kind of changes or um, develops or we get more information. So put down your plan in writing, especially those things that are going to come off as policies for volunteers or staff or participants. And once you have that policy and that plan solidified as much as possible, share that with who you're serving and who you're working with so that you're transparent and they know the plan moving forward. And again, don't be afraid to say, I don't know, we don't have a plan yet, um, but it's in the works, we'll let you know. So, um, suggestion on writing your plan. Figure out how much time you realistically need to start up again. So how much time do you need to get your horses back in shape? How much time do you need to do any you know, sanitation procedures, um, any volunteer update trainings, get paperwork back on file, um, get your staff all geared up and ready to go? Figure out what that time frame looks like. Maybe you have two time frames. Maybe you have one for a slow rollout. Maybe you have another one for a little bit more heavier rollout and a bigger start. Then once you have that timeline, say it's, you know, four weeks out, you need four weeks to get everything together, six weeks. Then once we get the go ahead, um, and it's probably going to be state by state, country by country of when we can go ahead and start offering services again, take that date, say June 1st, again, I'm not saying that's the date, but take June 1st, for example, and then count back four to five weeks from there and that's where you need to start. Or if we're in this moment right now, say today, we get told, okay, um, we're gonna be good to go in two weeks. You guys can reopen in two weeks. You still need to stick by that plan of no, you know what, I know I need four weeks to safely get everything going. And so even though I'm told two weeks from now I could reopen everything if I want, I need to stick to that four week plan of getting everything in place so that things are professional and safe and I've got everything covered. And I know that's gonna be really hard to hold off and wait, but make sure you do it right and stick to the plan if you know that that's the right way to go about it. Um, don't be afraid to come up with a plan A or a B or a C. Um, you know, have a plan for your ideal situation, your ideal opening, and then identify one or two of the top things that could go wrong. Maybe we're required to get re-entry paperwork um, showing uh, antibodies or whatever it might be. Or maybe we get the news that we can only have five people or 10 people out of the location at a time. How are you going to plan around that and create a plan A, a plan B? So be thinking about this so that when these things roll out, it's not this big panic and rush to figure out what you're going to do. You've already gone through this thought process. Um, talk with your staff. Talk with your volunteers. Talk with your participants. Make sure you're keeping them in the loop. Listen to suggestions and ideas. Um, 
you know, just really uh, collaborate, reach out to other instructors that are going through the same process right now, uh, resource each other. And then also, um, let's see, I already talked about, uh, well, just a reminder, follow CDC guidelines, follow local laws, um, follow if anything, you know, develop, develops with the horses and how the virus maybe stays on horses, because um, they're a surface if you think about it. Um, you know, following local guidelines and um, guidelines from veterinary resources of how the horses play into this factor and how we can sanitize our horses, uh, you know, be prepared to kind of plan around that as well. So just be willing to be flexible. Um, there are a lot of excellent links that are here in the comments. Like I said, I'm going to try to pull those into a document and a blog so that I can tie this video to it. Technology, fingers crossed, will cooperate so that this will be up on my YouTube channel and available for rewatching, um, and I will make it into a podcast as well so that you can listen. Um, but hopefully this has been some helpful information. Um, for those of you who maybe jumped on later, please, please, please share what you guys are doing now or any questions you might have right now. Um, we're kind of entering into this Q&A time during the live time. So if you have anything you want to ask questions about or discuss, drop it in the comments right now. Um, also, uh, so I, I'm the owner and founder of Hooffalls and Footfalls. I offer um, in-person, well, not right now, <laughs> in-person and remote and online education for instructors in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. Check out my website, hooffallsandfootfalls.com. There's lots of free educational resources on there. There's blogs, there's videos, there's um, my top li list of books and articles. Um, but also check out the Intuitive Instructor Club. That is a, um, a little offshoot of Hooffalls and Footfalls. It's a collaboration of myself and three other master and advanced level therapeutic riding instructors um, who are also, um, someone else is an ES. Uh, I'm an ES, we have a driving instructor in there, lots of fun stuff. But the Intuitive Instructor Club, we wanna give back to fellow instructors. And so through the end of April, we are offering people a chance to sign up for a free trial membership to gain access to hours of online educational content, um, videos, presentations, all of that, that has been specifically geared towards instructors working in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. Um, so if you jump on and claim that free trial membership, you'll have access for 30 days. All right, so I'm gonna read comments really quick. Um, Again, it's Q&A time, so please let me know if you have any questions. All right. Um, let's see. So I'm going to go up and find it. So, oh, Dion says, I'm concerned parents will be upset if we serve some riders, but not all. Most of our riders are very comparable in skill and support required. Yeah, that's going to be really tough. Um, what about doing, if you guys have a lot of the same level participants could you go off of horses so um who can ride what horses and making sure you spread out the usage of your horses and maybe even moving into a lottery system um so you know if you know that this one horse can only take two students starting back but you have nine that in ideal situations ride this horse um over a week could you maybe do a lottery system for those two if there really is not a a very clear, this rider is independent, this rider has a full team. Maybe lottery system, um, maybe horse-based, maybe um, coming out during different days and times, possibly, to spread that out. 
just suggestions that kind of come up from my brain. If anyone else has a suggestion for Dion, um, drop, drop that in the comments. So let's see. Um, people are dropping email addresses in there, so if you guys have any forms to share, um, feel free to do that. Stephanie said, tell a horse it's awesome. Uh, Leslie said, I was thinking about dividing our usual group of riders served on a busy day so that every other week they would ride. Feasibility seems possible. Yeah, so that's another way to go about it too is every other week or every third week. Um, so splitting up those groups so that you can serve those individuals, but maybe it's just not a, on a weekly basis. Um, so really great idea, Leslie. Excellent job. Um, Sierra said she'd love some info for Telehorse for their program. Um, e is it Equate? E-Q-U-U-8? That's a really cool name. I think it's Equate if I read that right. Uh, Stephanie says, keep your virtual telehorse lessons running even after you reopen to support participants that are not re able to return right away. Yes, keep those running. Figure out how you're going to do it, um, and that's a really great way to keep them engaged. Alright, Katie asked, can anyone share some kind of billing structure for telehorse lessons you have ever done? Um, so those of you that have done billing, um, if you guys want to share... Um, I'm not offering telehorse right now, but if I were to offer telehorse, I would think about how many people I can serve at that time, you know, whether it's through Zoom or whatever it might be. Um, it would definitely be a much reduced rate than what I normally offer for in-person services, and I would kind of calculate out how many people I would need to serve to make it worth my time um, and resources to offer that. So. Um, again, that would be my pro thought process. Someone might already have a really good idea and, and an established fee structure, so um, resource them as well. But that would just be kind of you know thinking of any new program you start up, uh, start up whether it's in person or remote, um, time, effort, resources. How many people can you serve, and then kind of figuring out costs from there. All right. So Jenny said, "Thank you so much for all this." I no, I needed the encouragement and to be proactive. Yep, you're welcome. Um, I think we're all in this the same boat together. Uh, and yeah, just reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. Join the Intuitive Instructor Club. Um, if you join on the free trial, you're invited to our Facebook community group. Um, there's a lot of good networking that's going on in there. Uh, let's see. Jenny said, my biggest worry is helping with the worried volunteers is helping with the volunteers and worrying about their personal safety. Oh, I'm sorry, wow, I cannot read. My biggest worry is helping with the worry that volunteers will have about their personal safety. Woo, there we go, I got it out. Um, yeah, really good thought. Um, reach out to your volunteers and talk to them and ask them to be honest, ask them to share their concerns with you about that topic and go from there. Um, don't be afraid to talk. Uh, talk to them. So let's see. Leslie said, thanks Amy. Our writers are anxious to get started and we're hoping for a launch date of May 1st at reduced numbers and dependent on local government and COVID-19 occurrences here. So really good plan. Um, and you, it sounds like you're planning for May 1st and it sounds like whatever plan you have, whether it's May 1st, whether it's May 10th or pushed out, you can just shift that plan and go from there. 
Uh, thank you for offering this so much me positivity and motivation. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, yeah, lots to digest. Uh, D asks, are the volunteers signing your release form for the virus also? Um, I would suggest that if you guys have a, a release form that your participants are signing that you maybe add in something for your volunteers as well since they are also also being put at risk and we have our participants sign the liability forms when it comes to being around the barn and the equines um, and the volunteers sign those as well volunteers sign liability forms so you would probably want to do the same um, if you're asking your participants to do that to also have your volunteers do it again seek local um, legal advice and to see if there's any if you can use the same form or if it needs to be a different form for your volunteers versus participants, but that is definitely a good thought and something to check into. Uh, let's see. Emma said, what about one group of riders one week and a different group of riders the next week and keep alternating? And that was her suggestion to Dion, who said that she has a very um, similar level of support and similar type of student throughout her program. Uh, Kanice, I believe I'm saying your name right. Uh, Kenise said, thanks for doing this. Has anyone planned a virtual fundraiser? Um, if you guys have planned a virtual fundraiser, can you email her? I have seen the horse poop grid. I have seen um, there was a March Madness playoff between two horses and who could make a ball into a basket uh, first by knocking the ball off the barrel into a basket. Um, I've seen some virtual 5Ks. Um, there have been a lot of virtual um, kind of like auction type things. I know legal stuff kind of gets sticky on those, so I check into that. Um, but there's a lot of really cool things. If you guys have done virtual fundraisers, feel free to drop it in the comments. But there have been some really cool ones out there. Um, Dee said, are you going to cut the cost to families that have lost their jobs? Good question. Uh, has anyone thought of that? Um, I know personally, uh, I so I run a small program right now, um, a mix of traditional and adaptive lessons, um, and I am not changing my rates right now. Um, I am so I had kind of a work trade so where students could come out and do some chores to get five dollars off. Um, I'm I will be honoring the discounted work rate for a few months um, to kind of help on that, but I'm not severely discounting, but I'm not a nonprofit. I'm an LLC, so I'm functioning a little bit different than that, um, but I'm planning on starting slower. So I'm not cutting costs that have lost their jobs because we, my family's in the same boat. Um, we've lost, um, my, my husband got laid off of a job, so we're kind of in the same situation, so I can't cut too much costs because I have to keep that side running. So it's balancing the how do we be caring and understanding with other people um, while also making sure that we're covering our bases financially. Um, I'm being a lot more flexible with people coming out on like an every other week or once a month basis when I start back up, if that's financially what's feasible, um, but that's kind of where we're going from here. So a nonprofit might have a different answer. Um, if the EDL thing or if any other type of small business support comes out, 
um, that might change my answer in the future, being an LLC. But as of right now, that's kind of where I personally am at. Again, there are tons of different situations that everyone is in, so please make sure you guys share that. What are you guys planning for families um, that maybe have lost jobs? Um, so that's a tough situation. All right, so let me see here. So uh, it's not scrolling. Okay. And Melissa said they're doing a virtual horse show. Ooh, that's fun. How are you doing that? Is it like a horseless horse show where it's stick horses or how does that work? Um, Christina said for volunteer readiness, we're doing outreach now, education and training online and considering some workday projects before participants return as a soft reopen to gauge comfort and uh, comfort for volunteers being at the center. Really good idea. Um, online training, yeah. And we have phones that take really good videos. If you throw your volunteer training into a video and just record it on a phone, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get it recorded so that you can kind of be proactive in that training. It's okay if it's not this top dollar production. Um, record it and your volunteers will be understanding and that's a really good idea, Christine, of how to keep your volunteers training, training, up, up, uh, training and engaged. All right. Um, so Gate Therapeutic Writing Center was asking Christina if she could just share resources. Uh, Tamara said, what about a form for volunteers and writers to sign Satan? They will not show up if they are ill. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I personally, um, one at, the, at my small program right now, my, my individual one, and also when I was at a Premier Accredited Center, we already had a sick policy um, of if you're sick, don't show up. Um, if you're a member of the Intuitive Instructor Club, both the free and the paying membership, there's actually a sample sick policy that is in the sample document area, so feel free to grab that. Um, but that should help. The families don't always follow by it because they want to get out of the house so bad <laughs> and their kids miss it. Um, so there's that, but yeah, you should have a sick policy in place. Um, let's see. Oh, video interrupted, I'm sorry. Okay. So it looks like most of the questions have kind of slowed down. So again, thank you guys so much for jumping on. Um, please, if you're watching on a replay or listening on a replay, if you're, if you're listening on the podcast or the YouTube channel, um, please feel free to drop a comment. Um, uh, check out hooffallsandfootfalls.com. There's a lot of educational resources and links on there. Go to the Intuitive Instructor Club. Uh, before the end of April, grab that free trial membership to access online education for instructors in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. Um, and then you can kind of get a taste for the Intuitive Instructor Club and that'll still be around after the end of April, um, but it, it's usually a paid membership. So um, jump on those. I'll be working on getting all this wonderful information you guys have shared into a document and into a blog to share. Um, thank you to everyone who jumped on live. Thank you guys uh, for listening to kind of this long-winded conversation. I hope it was helpful. I, I'm sorry I don't have cut and dry answers, but I really hope that this thought process and all these things that we should be thinking about and the discussion that was going on in the comments and the networking you guys were able to do has helped you guys out. Um, so I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and a wonderful rest of your day. Keep breathing, um, keep networking, 
make sure you guys take care of yourselves physically and mentally um, and make sure that you guys are prioritizing what needs to get done and take a breath and slow down and we'll make it through it. So have a great day. Um, please feel free to email me, drop a comment if you have any questions and I will see you guys on the next instructor chat.